Welcome to the Intuitive Edge, episode 174. Today's guest, a cowgirl shaman, Terry J. Intuition is just one of the five senses that we have that enables us to develop all of our um, spiritual or energetic senses. We have intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. And Claire just means clear. Welcome to the Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Ariel and Studio Carlton. We're producers and developers of custom Amazon Alexa skills. I embrace big, bold ideas and love doing the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals raise their visibility, expand their brand, and attract new business. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. Speaking of voice and being the founder of Aereo, we're a body, mind, and spirit association. Aereo, that's A-Y-R-I-A-L.com. And we also have positive living, which is an Alexa skill. You can simply say, Alexa, open positive living and listen to inspirational, motivational daily tips by feng shui experts, spiritual life coaches, intuitive business consultants. And what's really neat is at the end of each daily tip, Alexa will ask you if you'd like to receive a text with a web link to your mobile device. And when you say yes, you'll receive a web link to that area member of expertise and so on. It's really cool. In addition to listening to daily tips, you can ask questions, you know, like what is intuition? What is feng shui? Uh, Find me a psychic in San Francisco, or I'm looking for a healer in Atlanta, Georgia, and so on. So it's really a very robust Alexa skill, very interactive. And what's cool, it's all hands-free. So you can be in your car, listen to a daily tip from your Alexa, on your mobile Alexa, and on your Amazon Alexa Echo Show, because all types of visuals. Again, say, Alexa, open positive living. Next up, my guest. She's quite an extraordinary woman and didn't really even wake up to her psychic abilities until she was an adult, and it came to her by accident. And I want you to listen to our conversation and, and learn how that happened to her. And she has a passion for horses, and some call her the horse whisperer, animal whisperer, and a healer. But her name is Terry J. Let's go connect with Terry and find our inspiration of the day. Terry, it's a pleasure to have you here on the Intuitive Edge, and I can't wait to learn more about you because you also dropped me a little hint that you sort of woke up to your psychic abilities in a very unusual way. And let's open up with that. Yeah, and I don't use the P word. I use a different P word, physics. Um, Because psychic means not in the physical sciences, and my whole practice is based in physics, energy, frequency, and vibration. So I try to take the woo-woo out of the work. What made you decide, though, to sort of uh, rebrand psychic and make it physics? Uh, Just education, just learning about it, you know, just learning I think one of the movies that really had a big impact on me was uh, What the Bleep Do We Know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it a just made a huge, huge impact on me. And it it, ex- it gave me a grasp of, of physics and, and quantum physics and how my work fit into all of that. It's interesting. Well, tell me the story how you woke up to your abilities. Well, I'm a really down-to-earth practical horse person I've been one my whole life and when I was doing a horseback therapy program with disabled kids in 1990 I picked a kid up out of his wheelchair and I put him on the back of one of the horses 
And he said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. And I said, well, here, sit this way. It'll take the cramp out. And he looked at me and he said, hey, you can hear me. And I said, well, of course I can hear you. It didn't dawn on me at the time that he was completely nonverbal because I was hearing him so clearly. Oh, isn't that amazing? That gives me goosebumps. I know. Tell me that again. Tell me that again, like in slow, (laughs) because that's really a powerful experience. Well, I picked a kid up out of his wheelchair and I put him on the back of one of the horses and he looked at me and said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. So I looked at him and I said, well, if you have a cramp, sit this way. I just had to turn him a little bit. And he said, hey, you can hear me. And I said, well, of course I can hear you. It wasn't dawning on me at the time that he was completely nonverbal. Yeah, that's incredible. That's just an amazing story. So how old was the child? I think he was about, oh, eight, six or eight, somewhere around in there. See, that's important to sort of bring out because kids, you know, young kids like that, I mean, they're always open to the whole sort of extrasensory perception uh, concept without ever really being aware of it. And the fact that he could, you know, freely and confidently and comfortably share that you basically shared mental telepathy experience together, you know, instead of him being freaked out, he just, he was just very relaxed with what you had to say and, and how that whole you know, communication took about. Well, the interesting thing is, is that as we were doing our horseback therapy, we did vaulting, which is gymnastics on horseback. And so we had him go through different moves on the back of the horse. And uh, he was talking the whole time about the school play and who his little girlfriend was and just things that had nothing to do with the horseback therapy. And I was just carrying on this delightful conversation with him while my assistant was leading the horse. And so she heard out loud my end of the conversation. And so I took him off the horse and I put him back in his wheelchair and he went back to class. And then she just very matter of fact said, boy, he sure is talking great. And I said, well, he's very bright just because he has CP doesn't necessarily mean he has any cognitive, you know, disabilities. And she looked at me and she said, Terry, he didn't say a word. He can't remember. And I always joke that if I was a horse, I would have done a butt fart snort because when they're spooked, they do all three of those things at one time. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So I went in the classroom and they put a pointer on his head you know, it was a band with a pointer attached to it. And he had typed out on his computer, horse lady can hear me. Oh, that's so, so amazing. Did you write a book about this experience? I mean, it should be a movie. It's in one of the books. Yeah, it's in it's in one of the books. Well, I guess it's in all of my books because it, it is how I got started. So then I stood there talking with him with a, a definite awareness that I was actually hearing his thoughts. And he shared with me that his mom and him communicate that way. Very good. So now you had these awakened abilities all of a sudden, and apparently it didn't even, you know, uh, scare you or, you know, it was very matter of fact as a lot of these extrasensory types of of feelings that we have. And then how did you decide to segue into basically becoming a a professional in with this and talking with people? Well, the gal that was helping me just very matter of fact said, you ought to learn to communicate with the horses because all animals are telepathic. And I thought, wow, I wouldn't even have to train the horses if they if I could just communicate with them and know that they heard me and yeah. alleviate their fears. So 
so that's what I wanted to do was just become an animal communicator. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is back then there were maybe two books. That was it. In 1990, there were probably two books on animal communication. Now it's a cottage industry. That's interesting. Now let me segue a little bit. You call yourself a cowgirl shaman. First tell Uh me what a shaman is. To me, a shaman is a healer that can also connect with other realms. Other realms being? Other levels of vibration, like the other side. And so when you talk, or I guess when you um, work with people, you work with this primarily on a, on a healing basis, right? Well, I think all of the information that I receive can be very healing. And I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by it and, and humbled by, by being able to receive this information. And then what happened is, is I call myself a reluctant or accidental medium because when I was doing readings on animals, I was hearing people and animals that had passed that were on the other side. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you're, yeah, you're talking so, to this animal, basically, telepathically, and then you're actually hearing maybe their owners? Um, just people around them that had passed. Or um, it, it just if you get in that zone, you you have no filter, basically. You're, you're getting overwhelmed with information. Yeah. And this is why I always start my readings with how can I help? Because it's like being in a, in a, in a bar, you know, you, you, you open the <laughs> That's door. That's a good a way to say it. Yeah. It's so true. loud and you're hearing everything from everybody. So that's why I say, how can I help? And, and my clients will start with questions that they have questions about either an animal or a human or a health issue or relationships or finances. You know, just, it just depends on what they want help with. But that gets me to be able to focus in and listen in one aspect. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, it's great. I think it's great. Now, so you said you, you wrote a couple of books. Tell me about the first book you wrote and the impact it had on your readers. Uh, the first book was The Cowgirl Shaman Way, Seven Easy Steps to Develop Your Intuitive Ability. And I really broke it down into very simple steps so that anyone can learn to develop their intuitive abilities that they were born with. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And it gives a little smattering of pretty much everything I do. The second book is called Intuitive Communication, Communicating with People that Cannot. And this is for first responders, caregivers, and medical personnel so that they can have two-way conversations with people that cannot communicate either from a disability or injury or disease. I would imagine that's very popular because there are so many people today with, you know, physical, uh, you know, um, issues or even emotional issues, and they just sort of shut down. So I would imagine that the loved ones around them would really like to be able to learn how to do that. I um, I think anyone could learn it, but Victoria, there are 7 to 9 million people just in the U.S. that are impacted with this. That's amazing. Seven to nine million people that have a loved one that cannot communicate in any way, shape, or form. And everybody so, listening, they can go to your website, Terry J, and that's Terry with an I, J A Y dot com, and they can find these uh, interesting books. They're mostly ebooks, so it's really easy to read. But I'm really intrigued with the one um, being able to teach people how to communicate with people that really can't communicate anymore, because I think that's just a, a valuable tool. That one's only on Amazon. Oh, okay. And what is like the first tip to help somebody communicate with somebody that no longer can? 
Um, just get out of your own way. Have no preconceived notions. Um, the, the, the communication might not be words. It might be feelings, impressions, visual images. You know, it may come in where it's like a puzzle and you've got to put those puzzle pieces together. And I think it's really important to learn to ground. You know, too often we are not grounded. So learning to ground is really important, and that is in all of my books. Well, that's interesting. So now you also, in addition to being a, a great writer and provide animal services on the intuitive communicating level, you also um, are a intuitive life coach. And when did you start being a life coach? And tell me the difference between being a life coach and just a regular consultant for a session, so to speak. I would say the life coaching is kind of um, on a regular basis, and that, and I never preset appointments or anything like that. I actually think that's unethical to do, but I have clients that they have goals they want to achieve and, and dreams that they want to have, and so they, want, they book regularly with me. You know, they'll say, hey, it's time for my monthly check-in, and um, I just give them that gentle, loving butt-kicking to get going on whatever it is that they want to do. That's true, because we all need that, you know, otherwise Tony Robbins wouldn't be so popular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. No, it That's... is. And everybody is not effective for everybody, you know. Every, every, you know, you kind of look at it as, as a muse in a certain kind of way. So you attract a certain type of, of individual and that kind of energy, whereas some people, you know, it's not, there's no connection there. So how do you determine, like if somebody calls you up and, and inquires about being a client of yours and do you ever turn away anybody because you think you don't have that connection? Like somebody, maybe, maybe somebody calls you up and they're really skeptic or, no, do, you, or do you try to go in and, and look at the challenge for a couple of times, say, I'm going to convince them or I know I can help them in some way. You know, how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a really good point, Victoria. My the, the only people that I won't do readings for are people that are in absolute resistance. And I can tell when they set the appointment they're in resistance, and I will um, just tell them, please, to find somebody else. Um, because it, it's, it's almost like agonizing to try to help somebody who's in resistance. And, and they really don't want help. They're in what I call negative pleasure. They're enjoying being miserable. And so no matter what comes through for them in a reading, they're still going to be miserable because that's what they're choosing. Yeah, so some people are, just like being miserable. <laughs> they do, and they, they don't realize that they're choosing it. And um, so those are the only people that I will not work with. And the only other kind of reading that I'm not doing anymore are for lost cats that are either indoor, outdoor, or outdoor. Mm, I won't that makes those. me wonder, are you not a cat lover? I love cats. Okay. But the, the, the survivability for an indoor, outdoor, or outdoor cat is about two years, where an indoor cat lives an average of 12 years. And the thing is, is that I can, you know, do map dowsing, remote viewing, try to help find the cat. I help get the cat home, and they're going to let it out again. You yeah. know, and there's, <laughs> there's so, it just doesn't make any sense. What about the person that's a drama queen or king type of thing? I mean, sometimes people don't know how to get rid of that. I don't know if it comes from childhood. It probably does. But the person that's always attracting the drama, and they, and they can't get away from the drama to move forward on their own goals and visions. How do you uh, help them through that? Well, to me, that's the same thing as negative pleasure, that they're enjoying the drama. They're enjoying being miserable without having an awareness of it. 
And when I can gently and lovingly point it out to them, then usually there's a lot of forehead smacking going on. You know, oh, I could have had a V8, right? Right. And so, so th then when they become aware of that, um, then then they can they can start changing it. But if they don't have an awareness of it, if they're not connected to those negative feelings, you know, and having an awareness of their connection to those negative feelings, then then they can't let go of it. Yeah. Um, and so, how do you? I guess how do you? Uh... Is there any steps or anything? I mean, do, I do you I'm, help them through? Like, give me a give me a tip. I mean, just give me something. And I know everybody's different. And I know the response is always going to be unique because every person's unique, and how you get your um, intuitive information is going to be unique. But is there like one? Maybe we'll go this way. What is a client that you've worked with, and how did you help them through? What was the first thing that you presented to them, and did they take it right away and run with it, or were they resistant to it? And then show me how they went from being maybe a negative person or not accomplishing, or maybe afraid to ask for a pay raise at the office. That's kind of a simple thing. Everybody's trying to do that. Um, is there anything like that? Um, nothing like that is is really coming to mind. Um, I, I do remember one client that was suicidal um, because her mother had died in her sleep, and her mother was a, a, a horrible, horrible, manipulating bitch. Seriously, I have to say it that way. And um, my client was completely unaware of that. So I had to just share with her about how nothing negative goes to the other side and that they're just happy, 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 and that they don't remember anything negative. They don't remember how they died and that they're showing me things from their past that was joyful and happy and exciting. And um, one, I, at the same time I'm sharing all of this, I'm hearing the guidance that, you know, you're really gonna have to work on this one. Because I really wanted in that moment to tell her, your mother was a horrible person. She was a manipulator. She made you feel like you were worth, I mean, I really wanted to give her all of that information and it was totally not appropriate to share it at that time because she was still in that shock yeah. of losing her mom. So I, I really think about, you know, clients that I've had like that, that were missing somebody who passed and the person that passed was like their sworn enemy, only they didn't realize it. So tell me this, who's your most ideal client? Who's your favorite type of client that you love working with? Oh, well, I love doing horses. My two favorite readings are horses and dead people. I love both of those communications. And I have a lot of clients that are professional barrel racers too. Oh, wow, that's and interesting. It's, very, it's a very specific kind of uh, sport. So the horses, they really have a... Um, they really have a stake in it themselves. You know, they'll tell me how fast they are. They'll tell me how great they are. They really will. And um, it's really interesting, though, because you start on the barrel horses and then you segue into the person's issues about why they're not winning. And, and so those are always fascinating to me because the person has poor self-esteem or, you know, doesn't have a, a belief that they deserve it. You know, if they started winning, it would produce cognitive dissonance. Um, so those are fascinating to me where you, you, you start on the horse and the horse needs this service and that service in order to feel better. And then you 
turn to the person and you go, but, but a lot of this is because of, of you that you don't believe in yourself. And so those are fascinating to me. And then you see them winning, yeah. you know, cause I'm on Facebook all the time and you see that they've just won and you just feel like the mouse in the corner going, yay, they won. And um, so I love doing those. And, and the same thing will happen with all kinds of pets, whether somebody calls me for a dog reading or a cat reading, and then it ends up being about them. And this is what I'm proposing for my TV show too, is that we start with an animal, it kind of gets our foot in the door, and then we turn and deal with the issues of the human. No, you're talking to the, the, the deceased person and not just picking up mental telepathy from the live person. I know it's a hard question. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, but. Because I come up with stuff that they weren't even thinking about. And what are your truth indicators? I mean, do you get like chills on their your response, body or things like that? Their response where they'll, they'll go, oh my God, or they burst into tears or they start laughing hysterically. I've always, I've always, thinking about. I've always wondered because a lot of times that mental telepathy comes into play and even myself with, with clients, and, and, I, and I dance on a very light, you know, tightrope communicating with deceased people because I'm not as experienced as you or other, you know, people like that out there are. And I think, like yourself, you're really comfortable with it. Um, but a lot of times when I pick up things, sometimes I'm trying to figure out how do I, I'm picking up mental telepathy from them. You know, I might say, oh, there's a frame with a window and it's on the nightstand or it's in the living room on this fireplace. And I can describe the frame and all that. And, and that would be it. And your mother says she wants it moved. But then maybe it's really the client that wants to move the frame. Do you see what I mean? Right. The big thing is to understand what what people on the other side are interested in. They're not interested in earthly matters. Yeah. Okay. They basically live in their happy memories. Well, that's if a good point. Any, so if you're picking if you up get anything, yeah. if you get anything negative, then you know it is not coming from the deceased. You're you're basically dumpster diving. Right. And I heard you mention, you know, earlier that on the other side, people don't get into the negative stuff. So you're saying that people that are deceased don't ever get into that. I mean, how do I know that, you know, somebody's parent isn't still aggravated over their, their son or something, and then they come in and they communicate with you to get to the son, and she's still mad because his hair hasn't been cut or something like that. I mean, you don't think that exists? No, it does not. You have to think of the physics of it, Victoria, because everything's energy, frequency, vibration. We only have two energies, positive and negative. So the other side is the God vibration or source energy where everything is positive. Nothing negative can go to the other side. And the mistake that a lot of mediums make is that when somebody dies, they shed off all of their low vibration negative stuff. They leave it behind in the earthly realm. It is not a vibrational match to source energy. Now, if I'm a medium, I can tune into that negative energy because it looks like, feels like, and sounds like the deceased. But I have to have discernment and know that it is just the negative energy um, that the person left behind. So if you dig into that negative energy and get negative stuff, you're dumpster diving. And a lot of mediums do it. They'll say, oh, they haven't crossed over and they're stuck and they have unfinished business. Oh, and they I have think regret. those are gypsy type, you know, trying to get the client to come back and pay more money and things of that nature, too. I think that's part of what that is, fishing. Absolutely. But some of that is just absolute fraud. I do cover that in my new book. My new book is The Physics of Mediumship, Cut the Woo-Woo Crap. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. Is that on Amazon yeah. or is that part of the, on your website? It's still at my publisher. 
Oh, okay, interesting. Well, I it's like that. I think people should sign up for it right away and go to your website, Terry. J.com, Terry with an I, J-A-Y, and, and learn about that because I think that's really important because I think as, as individuals, even though that the whole psychic realm has, has exploded and millions and millions of dollars are spent every year, there's still a lot of people out there that are curious and would like to learn learn more about it, and this is what we need to do because no matter what, it's your job and my job and no matter where we're at and what plane to educate people about how this works and how they can benefit from someone like yourself on that and then how to you know not get caught up in you know woo-woo stuff with people that pretend they can do it when they really can't you know and i do i do have information in my books about how to protect yourself they need to protect themselves when they're going to an intuitive or a mediumship and that type of thing because you don't want to absorb any kind of negativity that that medium may be carrying if you're going to them as a as a client sometimes you're going to absorb some of that negative energy yourself you can't help it Right, I, I call it negative sliming. <laughs> they get slimed if they yeah. go to somebody who's negative, yeah. How does intuition play into your life? I mean, give me an example of, of an intuitive experience. Uh, I had one this morning. I looked at my one of my dogs, and I said, he's dying. And so we had to go take him and put him down. And just he was fine last night, and this morning he's dying. So... That's what. That's how I spent my morning. Was at the vet. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hate yeah. losing you know for kids and that. Oh God, yeah, it's it's, it's really hard. But at the same time, you know, he's right here with me right now, driving me crazy. You know, in in energetic form. So they're never gone for me. They're never gone. So they're they're always with me. Right. So people can reach out to you on, on terryj.com and and then you know, sign up, get a half hour session or, you know, introductory session. But I'm like you, I think people need more than one session. I don't think you're going to get the information or the benefits through one. I mean, you know, sometimes you get a lot of information, but then you really need, if you're going there to sort of help someone, have someone help you through your goals and achieve all those things, you need to do that more at once. And with that said, I want to know though, uh, do you do you do the predictive type? I mean, do you say, oh, if you do this, you're going to succeed at that, or this is what's going to happen, or if you finish your book, I see two publishers interested in it, or I see you self-pub. Do you go that far, or you just work in the, uh, the the present, so to speak? If I get a client that says, I want to know what you see, or I want to know what's going to happen, and uh, I just say, you know, I'm not the right person for you. Let me refund your money. We're done. Because that's all they want is predictions. They want to have hope. And if we understand how the law of attraction works, what we think about, we bring about. So if somebody's working really hard towards a goal and I tell them, oh, yes, I see that happening, they may stop all that hard work. Then their thing doesn't happen. And it's all of a sudden my fault. Right. So and, something and, let negative. Me, and let me interject something here. Parapsychologists will define extrasensory perception as the umbrella term that includes intuition, precognition, clairvoyance, clairaudience, mental telepathy. And that any individual, those that are, you know, psychics obviously are more sensitive, and but all of us have that ability to tap into that. Now, it brings me to the precognitive side of things. If you're psychic, you can make those predictions. You're going to see that. I mean, there's a difference in making like a big, bold prediction, like quasi trying to say that the lottery, that's really not going to happen because the odds are, you know, no matter how good a psychic is, it's just not, there's too many things. It comes in with wishful thinking, and that's going to skew up anything. 
Um, but back to your point on if you make a prediction, especially if you're dealing with somebody younger, because I was one of those people. I used to live in California, and part of my earlier career in my early 20s is I was out there doing theater and acting and all that kind of stuff. And my girlfriend and I, we'd always go, because, you know, in California, it was a psychic in every corner, you know, the tarot readers, this, that, and the other. And they'd make this prediction about the success of my career, and I did exactly what you did. I mean, what you defined as. I'd go home, and I'd think, oh, wow, this is going to happen. I don't have to do anything. Then I realized exactly. after a year, I thought, well, why isn't this happening? And I have to do all that work to make it happen. And so it's true. So people, when they get a little nugget that says, you know, you're going to be successful at this or the potential to be there, but you're going to have to do this, this, and this, or you're going to have to work. So if you stop right now, even with just your basic session on how to communicate with your horse or your deceased grandma, if you stop trying, you're not going to succeed at it. That's just true with anything across the board. Right, right. But people don't realize that. And if they get a prediction from someone that says, oh, yes, I see it, it's going to happen, then they just quit. And then they then they blame the psychic, the so-called psychic. And it's the same thing with negative stuff. You know, if you give something negative, oh, be careful in traffic. You know, you oh, I see yeah. you're having an accident. Yeah. Well, by them yelling no, no, no at it, they will pull it to them. Exactly. I used to, you know, sometimes and I would tell people I was on a show, you know, many years ago on when they, people are talking, uh, stuff was allowed. And a lot of people, they had like four or five other, you know, psychics on there. And this one lady came out with a prediction like that about, oh, I see you getting a flat tire or whatever. So I immediately jumped in and I said, unless a psychic tells you a lot more details to that, I would discard it because you don't want to carry that burden around because at some point you're just going to wish for it to happen, just like you defined. And then once it happens, you're free. You know, so you have to be careful, like people, you have to be careful who you decide to consult with that do have that kind of experience not to give you information that you can't handle, such as yourself, Terry. It's ethics. I mean, ethics are really important, and I don't think there's enough people doing this work that have ethics, that have even thought about ethics. You know, first, do no harm. Anyway, Terry, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I appreciate you sharing your intimate story, how you woke up to your own abilities and um, your area of expertise. And I think you're great. And I think everybody should at least have one session with you. So there you go. Well, thank you. It was really wonderful visiting with you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with special guest, Terry J. I hope you learned a little bit more about how people wake up to their psychic and healing abilities and how they use those abilities that not only enhances their own life and their personal growth, but how they enhance other people's lives, oftentimes in very profound ways. So check out terryj.com. Also, when you're ready to expand your brand on a voice platform, be sure to check out Studio Carlton. We are voice designers, producers, developers, and writers of custom Alexa skills. I mean, the future is here, and it's all about voice. And be sure to say, Alexa, open positive living. Motivational, inspirational tip. Connect with a body, mind, and spirit lifestyle consultant like Feng Shui, spiritual mediums, spiritual life coaches, intuitive consultants, and so on. The Tudor Better Podcast is produced by Weston Media Group, LLC, Atlanta, Georgia. 